They don't take very long, but they last forever. <laughs> Do they? That's a good question. Oh, yeah. They'll be out on the internets. But does, like, the internet, and this is something that I don't really understand, and I could be a totally, but you know how, like, with, like, TV on the airwaves, and it's out there, and the aliens are watching, like, the Ed Sullivan show. TV on the radio. Yeah. Good band. They, You know, you know how, like, there's aliens watching Ed Sullivan or whatever. But does the internet do that? I, I'm an idiot. Oh, I, does it broadcast out into space or whatever? Right. I mean, does it catch a wave? <laughs> you know, like, is it, it tra- you know, emitting that kind of thing? You said it, it'll be forever, you know, but it's it, it, can it? Or it, as far as I can tell, those waves, you know, maybe they are, they do kind of last, right? I mean, those kind of are sort of, I mean, as much as whatever forever means, they're as good as out there, right? I don't, I don't know if. Because somewhere, anyway, we're sending our internet porn. We're giving away too much information. The aliens are just like, oh, this, all we have to do is fuck them up forever. Get us where it counts. Well, there's no scarcity of porn available on the internet. <laughs> By the way, what it, like, what about that? Do you, that's, a, that's an interesting word, concept, topic. Porn? What's your take on scarcity? Well, Harland, I'm Ryan. This is the Doddless Philosophy Podcast Shorts. One, two, three. Uh... My take on scarcity, um, geez, I, I, you know, <laughs> now that you ask, I'm going to turn, can I turn it around and ask you or, or do you need me to sit here and pause for a moment while I do something? A take it? on scarcity that I can generate. Yes. I, one thing that I, whenever I hear the word, I usually kind of go Roddenberry on it. I think... That scarcity seems like a technological problem. One of these things, you know, how David Deutsch likes to say problems are inevitable and problems are soluble. That not having enough of something that you want slash need seems like just a, a failure of either accrual or invention on your part and that yeah all we got to do is invent a replicator that can make earl gray hot out of whatever it makes it out of some kind of whether we do like 3d printers now or whatever and have some kind of general sand or gunk that you pour into the machine and it transmogrifies it or if it can just somehow do it with ambient virtual particles that are popping in and out of existence all the time. I don't care where it comes from. But, yeah, uh, scarcity, I just want to fix it. I want to <laughs> eliminate scarcity. Okay. I I can, yeah, I guess I definitely see the sort of, also the economic component of scarcity. For instance, somebody who has control over something that's scarce is, you know, in a good place, Right. So they can dole it out at a high price. 
to an extent, maybe there's minimal effort. So it's like get rich easy. Fuckers cornered the market on flax. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that that's also the other part of it is that if it's in high demand, something that's scarce can lead to sleazeballs, right? It could also lead to like hyper overregulation and just sort of fetishization of something like rhino horns and tiger penis, you know, and <laughs> things like that, that and because they're scarce, it makes it even more like it's a sign of like, well, I can afford this, you know? So there's a lot of weird power play and showiness involved in it as well. Fixing scarcity at that point, meaning, you know, in the case of some of these endangered animals, would then, you know, stop that. But it's almost like sometimes people feed off of it. There would be at least two ways to minimize or eliminate scarcity, especially under this economic model, right? Because in part, it's determined by demand. Something can't be scarce if no population has a desire to accumulate it. Dust motes are plentiful everywhere, but they could become scarce if, for some reason, everyone wanted to have dust collections. You know, stupid example, but that scarcity is determined (laughs) by whether, by if someone has a demand for it. So another way to eliminate... Eliminate scarcity would just be to make people not care about that anymore. One way would be to have some technological way to manufacture rhino horn that is indistinguishable from the real thing or whatever, because then we would have the derivative problem of the authenticity phenomenon where they'd say, well, sure, but yours is a replicator horn and I want a real horn and I need to see the dead animal, whatever. But another way would be to just have people stop believing in aphrodisiacs or whatever it is they're using it for so that no one wanted it. But then, you know, we have the whole concept of manufacturing scarcity mm. uh, so that, you know, that they do in all these collector's markets, for example, so that you can drum up demand and get people to pursue and you get media attention or whatever, but you can... Yeah, we we could have made a billion widgets, but we only made 100 so that it had a higher value. Yeah, no, I think scarcity so far, and maybe by the end of this little short, I'll think differently, but so far scarcity to me seems like it has ill intent all over it. It just, it's just nothing but bad, (laughs) you know, and it's got, and it, it attracts bad faith and all that kind of stuff. And that we say it's scarce, right? If we didn't care, then it wouldn't matter. So who's saying it's scarce around here? You know, it's like playing a game of werewolf and everybody wakes up and they're like, who killed him? You know, like, it seems to me like, you know, that's sort of a... Well, yeah, there's a connotative pollution element to it, I think. Right. Nice. Scarcity sounds negative, but there are quote-unquote synonyms of it that have more positive connotations, one example being rarity, right? If something's rare, Mm. that in a sense means the same thing. It's scarce, it's hard to find, there's not very many, there's more in demand than there are in supply. But rare kind of sounds good, like, oh, you know. And then there's the whole thing about if you have too much of a good thing, you stop (laughs) appreciating it. But if the 
really crystalline, diamond, beautiful experiences, moments, examples, cups of coffee, good beers, whatever. If they're rare, scarce, then you might appreciate them more. I'm just trying to think of ways where it's not necessarily always negative. Well, it's funny because I'm just going automatically towards the negative, like, aspects. Like, for instance, psychopaths are rare, but we don't want more of them, you know? <laughs> like, I'm like, damn it, I'm trying to go with you, but, like, that voice in my head's like, yeah, but pss, 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 pss. don't forget to mention psychopaths. Yeah, that's always in your head saying, don't forget me. <laughs> yeah. I'm still in here, Ryan. <laughs> I'm coming out. <sighs> so... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I like that you're trying to take a positive spin on this. That's good. But I don't know. I, I Well, isn't another way, I don't know if this counts as good or if we're supposed to look at it as just neutral and natural. Mm. Neutral and natural. That's classic. We need to make that like an underarm deodorant. <laughs> uh, you need to work it, for a marketing company. Like, it's neutral and natural, folks. Classic. It drives some it drives evolution, right? If there weren't competition and scarcity and a you need to have more demand than supply in order to have competition and then you can't have evolution without competition. So so there are probably all kinds of oversimplifications and I'm not even I don't literally want to be claiming that. But okay. I'm saying someone might say that. Now what do you say? You can have uh, evolution with cooperation. Ah. You know, I mean, obviously, that's what I would say as I adjust my glasses that I don't wear because I don't need glasses. 2020 vision. I see into the future, not the past. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not well, all about Well, forget the can't then, but often does. Is, the, is there nothing? Is there no way that scarcity plays a role in natural selection? Son of a bitch. Sure, sure, of course. Yay. <laughs> Maybe you could talk about that for a minute. <laughs> well, when I think of something that's rare and scarce and all the, the kind of minimal, minimalized proportions or whatever of a population or aggregate or whatever you want to call it, large collection of things. Uh, in evolution, I think where when things are rare and scarce... They have a they risk going away entirely just on accident. There's sort of that that tragedy that goes in that one direction, but then there's also it could catch the right wave that scarce trait or whatever it is that we want to talk about, and kind of blast into larger numbers just also on accident, maybe because it just happened to be in the right place at the right time to get refuge from some disaster that wipes out the common type and then it can just explode or something. And so, yeah, you could have that, but that's still the domain of like stochasticity and risk and, and chance and all that kind of stuff. Once you get into natural selection, you know, you're really kind of playing with the larger proportions, you know, and even I think with frequency dependent selection and inverse the inverse of that, I can't, for some reason right now, remember, you know, like the idea of you select something because it's common, or you select something because it's rare, rare relatively. Not rare in the sense that I think we're talking about. But when it comes to that kind of thing, 
You're in still large numbers, I guess. So you're not really rare. But right now you're talking about prevalence of genes in populations, right? I said trait, but whatever. Trait, whatever. What I, and I wonder if I'm the only one, or if some of our audience members were also thinking this. What? I'm talking about the scarcity of resources and the competition for the resources, not the genes. Oh, okay. And episode, who cares, episodic synchrony. (laughs) This is your thing, right? Like, And doesn't... The scarce resources have a role in that, and I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> may, can I shove you closer to the I know. to your own ideas here? Wow, you hit me with my own stick. Yeah, well, I mean, in that sense, yes, you have plenty going on as far as theoretically, anyway, and I would say empirically. That, you know, as scarcer and scarcer resources, whether it's due to uh, the resources going away by some other process other than, you know, the population munching them or the consumers, or the resources, maybe they increased, but, you know, or it's like a small number of individuals find their way to an island or whatever, and there's just a whole bunch, but they eventually reach some kind of capacity, and things start to become scarce. Some resource, sometimes that resource could be like space. You know, you're just, you know, you're rubbing elbows, you know, and not able to access the other resources that would be good to have. You know, those things can start to drive, in the episodic synchrony case, diversification. And when it comes to evolution in terms of the scarcity of resources, if resources are just becoming impoverished, just like from, you know, time T0, and they're just now going down from whatever level they were. And the population is relatively imbalanced with whatever that amount was, let's just say. <clears throat> then the population starts to crash, and if you have enough variation, maybe you can, uh, if there's an alternative resource out there that can be, that alternative variant can access, then perhaps it, it is able to jump onto it, like in the case of the apple maggot fly if you go back to that episode and then in the other, the other direction with the enrichment, you're increasing the population size and you're bringing about perhaps even more variation through various different means. Um, not necessarily genetic variation, but certainly lots of different kinds of phenotypic variation through one of the ways would be say a relaxed selection, opening all of that up. If it has an opportunity to access other resources because there's you know a clumping going on because there's so many individuals that it's you know you have more in common with your past and with those in your immediate vicinity you know kind of like a nearest neighbor effect or whatever that you'll never really encounter even though you could just walk over there kind of thing you'll never encounter everyone in your population and so whoever it is you happen to be interacting with within your lifetime and then you start to kind of become a neighborhood or whatever, and you start to spike in that way and start become multimodal and all that kind of crap. So yeah, sure, Harlan. <laughs> I don't know if I was a little too like nonchalant about that, but I was like, I'm not one of those people who's like ever ready to like talk about my ideas. Like some people might be <laughs> that I've encountered. They're like, oh, you don't say. Let me tell you the facts. You know, I'm I'm always like, oh. Yeah, that idea. This is a silver platter, though. 
I'm like, I'm pretty sure you have a take on scarcity, and I've heard it before. Yeah, I know. Was that and something like, similar? Scarcity? I don't know. I got nothing to say. <laughs> well, okay. So, but I, I always worry because it's like I'm like Mr. Evolution, and I feel like you know it's not always about evolution. I can understand that, you know, and so I want to be sensitive to that, so we can have other conversations for once. But here have we are. Come up with another scarcity take, or are those. Also, in short supply. Oh, 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 that was that was pretty good for a person who drove like thirteen hours today, or whatever you said. You're chomping at the bit there with your little puns. I have the what is it? The uh, rim shot sound, if you want it. Anyway, um, <laughs> I I don't have any other takes. Hell, I didn't even remember the take I had. That you remembered I had hitting me with my own stick. Uh, was that satisfactory, or do you feel like I didn't hit it at all? And I was just like, I don't know. I always get uh, self conscious when I start talking about these things because if I start going about it in detail, all my experiences and ever talking about intellectual things with most people, they're all just like, yawn, like, when can I get away from this person? So I'm always like, especially when it comes to my own idea. <laughs> Aside from yourself and a few other people that we know. Though they're rare and hard to find, the they're, our audience, I'm sure, just eats it up. I hope they eat You're as much in of good it up. company here on the Dawdler's Philosophy. Yeah, no, for sure. I, uh, I know I am. I know I am. But what are like you? My father. I, I'm, uh, I'm rare. I'm a rare individual, Harlan. <laughs> I'm unique. <sighs> All right, well, I, you're undercooked, that's for sure. For sure. I <laughs> quickly admit that. <laughs> <laughs> Confident.